praise you, Lord, I praise you, oh, I praise you, yes, I praise you, how I praise you, my precious Lord. I love you, Lord, I love you, oh, I love you, yes, I love you, Lord, I love you, my lovely Lord. You are worthy, Lord, you're worthy, so Tonight's word that the Lord wants to speak to us is from Psalm 34, verse 19. It's a very well-known verse. It's a very important verse. We're going to read that verse, and we're going to pray for a minute. We're going to see what the Lord wants to speak to us this night. Psalm 34, verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this night. And we thank you, Lord, for your holy word. Thank you, Lord, Father, for speaking to each one of us, Lord, through your word. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Father, you are greater in all these afflictions. You are faithful to deliver us from each one of our afflictions, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We pray that you speak to our hearts this night. Strengthen us, Lord. Whatever path we are going through, Spirit of God, that you will strengthen us and cause us to see you as a mighty deliverer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, Psalm 34 verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. And we're going to see, um, we're going to actually emphasize on the word many, the word afflictions, the word righteous, the word delivereth, and word all. For somebody who is righteous, the Lord says, life is not going to be like very, very easy. We will have many afflictions, not one or two, but many. But the promise is, the Lord will deliver the righteous out of them all, not many, not most, but he's saying out of all the afflictions, God is faithful to deliver us out. And we need to see who the righteous are first. If we just look at our regular dictionary, English dictionary, if we look into the word righteous, the meaning, when I looked it up, it said, acting in accord with divine moral law, free from sin. That means you lead your life according to God's principles, God's law. When a person lives a life that lines up with the law of God, which lines up with the divine moral law of God, which is pleasing to the Lord, which is free from sin, you can call that person righteous. And the Lord says in His Word that He has bought us. We read Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, 
and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Verse 6, And hath made us kings and priests, unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. So verse 5 and 6 we see that the Lord Jesus Christ, because he loved us, he washed us with his own blood, and he made us free from sin. So when you look at the dictionary meaning for righteous, it is free from sin. And Jesus says in his word that he paid his own blood as a price to free us from our sins, to make us righteous. So verse 5 says he washed us from our sins with his own blood. So now we are free from sin and we are made righteous. And he's made us kings and priests to serve God forever. And so we who are God's children are made righteous by the blood of Jesus. And then secondly, once the Lord makes us free, He sets us free from sin, He makes us righteous. What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to live? Are we still called righteous after once the Lord has washed us with His blood and if we live a sinful life? We're going to look 1 John chapter 2, verse 29. What does God's word say? Once the Lord washes us with His precious blood and He makes us righteous before Him, how do we continue in that righteousness that Jesus purchased us with his own blood? 1 John 2.29 says, If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone doth righteousness is born of him. So God, he purchased us with his own blood and he makes us righteous. And then we who are made righteous must do the works of righteousness. So that's how we continue to be righteous. So if we want to be called the righteous people of God, a righteous man of God, a righteous woman of God, then we need to be washed in the blood of Jesus first. Secondly, we have to walk in that righteousness by living a righteous life. By living a righteous life, that means, once again, if we go back to the dictionary meaning, is by leading a life which lines up with the divine moral law that is free from sin. And we're going to read... 1 John 3, 7, it says, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. So the Lord, he sets us free from sin. He makes us righteous. Then it is our responsibility to live a righteous life. So being made free from sin, we produce a righteous life. Walk in the freedom that Jesus purchased us, in the righteousness that Jesus purchased us. And we who are made righteous, we have to live a godly, righteous life. We cannot say that God made me righteous and live an ungodly life. Those two are contradictory. And so the Lord very clearly, he states in the scripture that he that doth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. And then one more verse we're going to see. 1 Peter 3.12 for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So if we are righteous, the promise from the Lord is, his eyes are on us, and his ears are open to our cry. Anything that we pray, if we lead a righteous life, that is, washed by the blood of Jesus, and walk according to the word of God, 
it's a guarantee that God will listen to our prayers. And not only that, He watches our every move. Whatever we do, He is involved in our life. So, now we saw the definition of righteous, the word righteous, what it is to be righteous, and how we are made righteous, and how we need to continue in that righteousness. Now, if we go back to this verse again, Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. So, if we are righteous because of the blood of Jesus, and because of our obedience to the Lord by His grace, then what happens is, the Lord is saying that He will deliver us out of all our troubles. But if we are not righteous, if we are not washed by the blood of Jesus, if we still have sin in our lives, we can be made righteous by the blood of Jesus. All we need to do is, we have to tell the Lord, Lord, wash me with your precious blood. Lord, I want to be made righteous. Lord, I know I am unrighteous. Lord, wash me with your precious blood. And God is faithful to wash us with his precious blood. And he's, we saw in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, with his own blood, he will wash your sins, and he will make you righteous before the Lord. And after that, it is our responsibility to walk in righteousness, to live a holy life free from sin. As we saw in 1 John 2.29, 1 John 3.7, and 1 Peter 3.12, that we do the works of God. We lead a righteous life. Now, we're going to see righteous people, two characters from the Bible, who led a righteous life and the afflictions that they went through. Whether was it one? Was it two? How was their life? And what did God do to them? Was He faithful to deliver them out of all their troubles? So we're going to just look at Daniel. We're going to see the book of Daniel. We're going to read, turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 1, verses 8 to 20. And we're going to see how Daniel lived. Who is Daniel? And how did he live? Was he a righteous man? Was he an unrighteous man? What did he do? Many of us know the story of Daniel. And some of us we do not know. So we're just going to read from verse um, 8 onwards. But I want to just give a short introduction to Daniel. Daniel, he was taken as captive to Babylon. He left his country. And he's in a strange land now where he's surrounded by strangers. So, we're going to see, why did Daniel come? A lot of times God gives his own people into captivity because of disobedience. But what did Daniel do? Was Daniel a righteous person or no? Why did Daniel become captive to heathen? We're going to see his life and how his steps were ordered by the Lord. If we are righteous... Our steps are ordered by the Lord. It may look from the outside as if there's no difference between us and the unrighteous. Oh, you're going through difficult times, they're going through difficult times. When we look, you're even going through worse times than people who are unrighteous. But we're going to see how the Lord ordered his steps. And how the Lord actually delivered him from all of his trouble. Not only that, how each time he delivers... Exaltation comes with the deliverance. It's not just that, okay, I was screaming to come out of water, I finally came out of water, I'm able to breathe, and God pushed me down again. It's not like that. 
Every time the Lord brings us out of our affliction, there's a promotion. Because through our affliction, we prove ourselves to the Lord that He's faithful and we are faithful to the Lord. So we're going to see Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 to 20. We're going to read. Now Daniel is in Babylon in a strange country and he's been handpicked by the king's advisors for a specific purpose and he doesn't know what's happening to him and his friends. We're going to see how faithful he was. From that verse we can know that he was righteous. And him coming to Babylon is not because of his disobedience. Because even in a strange land, he's being faithful to the Lord. And read in verse 8, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chiefs of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So basically what Daniel is going through here is he's in a strange land. And it takes real courage for him to tell his enemy, basically, I'm not going to do what you're telling me to do. Because this is going against my God, against my principles. And he's saying that I'm not going to defile myself with your king's food. That's what he's saying. And he took a stand for the Lord over there. We see how righteous he is. He's faithful to God. And as a result, God is giving him favor. You see the situation where he is. The eunuch is saying, like, if I don't give you good food, I'm going to be put to death. So it is death. It's a threat of death that Daniel is facing and the eunuch is facing. But he's taking a stand for the Lord, even though he's in a strange country, even though he does not know what's going to happen to him. Usually when people go into circumstances like that, they will try to say yes for everything in order to survive. But Daniel took a stand before the Lord and Daniel says, I'm going to please the Lord. Whether it's life or death, I will not defile myself. But I will be faithful to the Lord. When we read further down, we're going to see in verse 15, it says, At the end of ten days, their countenance appeared better and fatter in flesh and all the young men who ate the portion. Let's read verse 9. We read verse 9 and 10, but we'll read it again. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. In verse 9, we read that God gave him favor. But still, the eunuch is facing a death threat. Now we're going to read verse 19 to 23 onwards. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. So, 
when he took a stand for the Lord, what the Lord did was, he blessed them ten times. And if you read actually verse 15 and verse 17, you will see, At the end of ten days, their countenance appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. So, what is normal is not happening over here. They actually look better than the people who ate the king's food. And then, what the Lord is doing over here is, if we look at verse 17, it says, As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So now Daniel and his friends had knowledge and skill in all learning, literature and wisdom. And in addition to that, the Lord is giving Daniel the understanding in all visions and dreams. So God is giving, God is adding supernatural abilities to Daniel and his friends because they purpose in their heart not to defile themselves. They took a stand for the Lord. Now if we look, what is the affliction? What was the affliction that Daniel went through in that strange land? Now he went through, what he went through was a test. Is he going to be faithful to the Lord? It's a scary situation if we really put ourselves in that situation. A lot of times we can just very casually read that passage, but if we put ourselves in that situation, it's not an easy situation. He's in a strange land, and he's under the king now. He's not by himself in some corner. He's where the king and his servants are supervising him. And he's saying, I'm not going to defile myself. He's, he's faced with life and death situation, but he's taking a stand for the Lord. And God blesses him, not only with earthly wisdom, but heavenly wisdom where he can understand visions and dreams so the Lord blessed him with that and then the second thing that we're going to see is Daniel chapter 2 what happened to Daniel after that Daniel became wise and everything didn't go well with Daniel right after that you're going to see in chapter 2 verses 1 through 13 now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign Nebuchadnezzar had dreams and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. But the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, my decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. Now, this is a command from the king. It's not an option. He's saying, you better tell me the dream and tell me the interpretation, otherwise you're killed. And they answered again, verse 7, and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will give its interpretation. So, they do not know what to do, because they don't know what the dream is, what he dreamt. But the king is saying, you tell me the dream and the interpretation, otherwise you're going to be killed. So, the king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time, because you see that my decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me, there is only one decree for you, for you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me. 
till the time has changed. Therefore tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can give me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore no king, lord or ruler has ever asked such things of any magicians, astrologer or Chaldeans. It is a difficult thing that the king requires, and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this reason the king was angry and very furious and gave a command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the three went out and they began killing the wise men and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. So when we look at chapter 2, Daniel is faced with death threat again. Daniel and his friends, they were facing death. They're telling that they're going to kill him and his friends. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord will deliver him out of them all. So this is the second thing that Daniel is facing right after the first test he passed. He thought, oh, thank God, I escaped. God gave me wisdom. God gave me revelation. He gave me dreams. But that was not all. Now he's faced with death. But what did the Lord do to him? And this is something that we can all learn. Daniel didn't say, okay, I have dreams. I have visions. I'm going to go pray. I saw a beautiful thing in verse 18. 17 and 18. It says, Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from God of heaven concerning the secret, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So what is Daniel doing? He's actually going to his friends and telling them, We need to pray. We need to pray together. That, that's his prayer group. He's telling, we need to lift this matter before the throne of God. It's not sufficient that I'm going to pray myself. I need you all to pray with me. And they're all joining together and they're praying to the Lord. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So when Daniel and his friends prayed together, the secret of the dream, the dream and the meaning was revealed to Daniel. So... We learn from this that he had many afflictions and he was faced with death many times. But each time the Lord came through. And we're going to see what the Lord did when he was faced with death. God not only delivered him from death. If you look at chapter 2, verse 46 to 49, we'll see what happened to Daniel. They tried to kill him, but because he sought the Lord with his friends, what did the Lord do? Verse 46, we also saw right after that, when they prayed, the Lord revealed the secrets to Daniel. And as a result of that, what happened to Daniel was, Then the king Nebuchadnezzar, verse 46, fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel. This is the king. He is falling prostrate before Daniel. And this is the king who said that, you're going to be killed. Your friends are going to be killed. All the wise men are going to be killed. Now he is falling prostrate before Daniel. And he says, He commanded that they should present an offering, an incense to him. This to Daniel. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal the secret. Because this was a secret, because nobody can know what the other person dreamt. Unless God can reveal it. So he's saying, only your God, because none of the magicians were able to do it. Only God was able to do that. Then, verse 48, 
The king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. So what happens over here? Again we see many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So the Lord not only delivered Daniel but now we see a promotion over here. God is promoting Daniel. He's getting lots of gifts. Not because of his ability but because of his righteous standing before the Lord. God gave him the gifts when he sought the Lord, just as we read, that the Lord's ears are open to the prayer of the righteous. The Lord heard the prayer of Daniel and his friends and he revealed the dream and the interpretation of the dream and now he gets a promotion because of the Lord. Because of the Lord alone who can reveal the secrets of the hearts of men. So we see he gets a promotion and Daniel is not just happy, he just didn't say, okay I'm happy that I got promoted but he did not forget he said my friends prayed with me and he goes to the king and he says Daniel says Daniel verse 49 also Daniel petitioned the king and he set Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon this is the heart of righteous men he's not content he's not selfish he says my friends they prayed with me also and he goes and he speaks to the king for them. So God delivers us out of all our afflictions. And all our afflictions are actually a stepping stone for promotion. Each affliction that we go through, it's not something to drown us down. And we say, Lord, help me. And God says, okay, here, come on. But it's a promotion. Each affliction that we go through is a promotion when we lead a righteous life before God. So once again, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Indeed, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for having mercy upon your people. Thank you, God, for giving this good word to show us that we can trust in you and be confident that you will deliver us from all of our distresses, from all of our depressions, from all that the enemy does against our spiritual lives. Lord, we thank you for encouraging us with this message. And Lord, thank you for showing us how to trust in you and to be strong and to endure that we may be overcomers in Christ Jesus. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will visit those who are going through the valleys right now, that they may be brought up to the mountain by your mighty power, by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we thank and praise you. Amen. For prayer, please contact us at prayer at elbethelinternationalministries.org That's prayer at elbethelinternationalministries.org or you may phone us at 001-845-360-0534. Once again, 001-845-360-0534. You may write us at El Bethel International Ministries, PO Box 966, Goshen, New York, 10924, USA. On the web, please visit us at www.elbethelinternationalministries.org.